So today we are going to speak about total trust in God. Let us pray. Father, have your will and your way this morning as we endeavor into your word, as we learn, as we seek, as we are empowered by your spirit through your word. Lead us and guide us into all through the Holy Spirit. And we say, Amen. 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 So, so we, we spoke and we said that regarding the process for strong faith, our foundation text is Romans 4 from verse 16 to verse 22. Now, to those who are tuning in online for the very first time, perhaps, we from verse 16 to verse 22 again today if you have it say amen. amen the word of God says Paul speaks to the Romans to the Roman church and he says that is why it depends on referring to Abraham and his offspring not only to the adherent of the law but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all as it is written I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist in hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told so shall your offspring be he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body he which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old or when he considered the barrenness of sarah's womb no unbelief made abraham waver concerning the promise of god but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to god fully convinced that god was able to do what he had promised that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness god bless the reading of his word and i love the text when paul says he grew strong in faith so it was a process he grew strong in faith now let's recap a little bit concerning the subject the process of strong faith we said two weeks ago that abraham was called by god for the very first time in the land or the city of ur he was called there for the very first time and we can pick that up in the book of acts when stephen gives his testimony or and he speaks to the council the jewish council and he speaks to them concerning the faith of abraham and he says that abraham was first called by god in mesopotamia so in the land of ur god called abraham for the first time and then we also picked up that god called abraham again in Haran for the second time after his father terah decided they are going to settle down in the land of Haran while on their way to canaan they decided they are going to settle down and god called abraham again he called him for a second time and when he called him he called him to separation so God called Abraham to separation. He said to Abraham that Abraham should 
should separate himself and he should move away from his kindred, but also the culture that he found himself in. So God not only separates Abraham from his kindred, which means family, but he also separates Abraham from his cultural norms. So in context of separation, God addresses the needs as well. So the blessing will not only be for Abraham, but it will be for the rest of the world. So Abraham separated himself. So Abraham separated himself both from his kindred and from his cultural norms. And while the separation happened, Abraham took with him his wife. But he also took with him his nephew called Lot. And then he also took with him servants or employees. But we also pick up that Abraham expressed, and this is what we spoke about last week in terms of frustration in the process to grow strong faith. We picked up that Abraham expressed his frustration in Genesis 15 to God in context of his personal need for offspring, for children. Now, now, when I posted about this during last week, I, I, I posted about this on a different social media platform other than Facebook. Uh, it was mostly a work platform, but it's a Christian group. And I posted regarding this process about Abraham and, and what we spoke about, the fact that Abraham had to wait 25 years in order for the promise to come to fulfill. Someone said to me and, and commented and said to me, it was more of covenant rather than faith in context of need. But, but I responded and I said, I, I, I agree that it was covenant. But if we look at the conversation that Abraham has with God was not only a matter of covenant, but Abraham expressed his frustration in context of his personal need that he doesn't have offspring. So it was not only God giving him offspring for the purpose of Christ coming through his bloodline, but it was also a matter of God meeting his need in terms of he needed offspring. So I believe that Genesis 15 is an expression of both Abraham's need and God's covenant with Abraham. So God made a covenant while at the same time addressing Abraham's personal need. You see, the important thing, however, in the church regarding what I've just said about covenant and need, the important thing in the church is that we under, understand the importance of both. Because I also understand what, what, what the person who commented was trying to say to me, because we have grown to become a church that only wants from God, but there's no commitment to God. So, so we must both walk in covenant and, not, and, and, and also expect God to meet our needs, but not expect God to meet our needs while rejecting covenant with Him. 
Because if we do not understand both, we will end up being a church of faith, but a church without obedience. And that means we will speak about faith while rejecting God's principles of living a holy life. Let me make an example. You cannot expect your spouse to meet needs while you are not committed to your spouse. Let me say that again. Doesn't it seem unfair to expect something from your spouse while you are not committed in your relationship to your spouse? So your commitment is out there. Your, 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 your commitment is, is, is not solid and, and, and you run around and you do things and you commit adultery and all those type of things. But you still want your spouse to, to meet needs. And it cannot be that way. And as the bride, the church cannot expect God to meet needs without us walking in covenant in an obedience. And therefore God speaks and he says in the book of James that that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Because if we do things that way, we automatically become what the Bible calls an adulterous generation. A generation that seeks for a sign. A generation that only seeks from God, however, does not walk in covenant with God. And in terms of, of us developing strong faith, it is critical that we understand both. That God has the power, the supernatural power to meet our needs, but He also needs us to walk in covenant and obedience. And we also spoke last week about Genesis, and we touched on Genesis 16, where Sarah in the process of frustration, Sarah decided that Hagar should help her have children while the promise was already spoken over them. And, and we spoke about the danger of helping God when he has already spoken something into your life prophetically and then you decide to help him and try to make that happen earlier than God has spoken. But what I can also tell you is that 25 years, because remember we said last week that the promise came while Abraham was 75. And the promise was fulfilled when Abraham was 100 years old. So there was an interval, we said, of 25 years. So we said that we understand that there was frustration during the 25 years and I'm telling you for each and every one of us, a waiting period cannot be an easy period. And, and we know that because whatever we may order online, it is difficult to wait. In fact, when you take out a funeral cover, you cannot wait for the six months to pass. Because it is a matter of frustration, especially if you know someone is on their way. 
Am I talking to real people? Uh, 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 am I talking to people who likes to take out funeral covers on behalf of others to score something? <laughs> but it is important that we go through the process, even if the waiting period is different and if it, and it is difficult. And that's the thing, no one really enjoys a waiting period. And even if you do, there is still that small voice inside of you that says, I cannot wait <laughs> for it to happen. And the truth is, God can change things instantly in our lives. But He can also slow things down a bit. God can change things easily in our lives, but He can also slow things down a bit. In fact, a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Roche Smith, he, he, he spoke on the radio and you can listen to them. Uh, they normally take prayer requests and they do encouragement on Kofifi at FM every Friday from 12 to 2. He spoke and he mentioned something profound. He said that God would hold certain things from you because you have to go through process. Because you have to be ready to receive those things. If you receive it too early, it might be dangerous for you. Which is true. Because God can do things for us instantly. But then there are certain things that He, he slows down a bit. And God will make us wait for certain things in developing our faith. You, in fact, He will keep things from you until you understand covenant. <laughs> he will keep things from you until you understand covenant. And even in your most frustrating part of your life, and you call out to Him in prayer and says, You have promised me offspring, Lord, and, and, and yet you are talking to me about the inheritance of, of blessing and I still don't have children. Even Abraham, if you speak about that and you call out to me, I will come to you and I will say to you again, your children shall be as the stars of the sky and the dust of the earth. I need you to understand the process and the importance of covenant. Because your 25 years also helps you to establish covenant. Helps you to understand that. So, so, so God speaks to him. And he establishes covenant with him. And he teaches him about covenant. But, but finally, when we come to Genesis 21, we, we see something important. If we look at Genesis 21, we see Sarah giving birth to Isaac. And what is that? That is what Paul speaks of when he says what he has promised he was able to perform. So, so 
In Genesis 21, we see that Sarah gives birth to Isaac. And the Lord brought to pass what he had promised. And that's the thing about our God. He, he cannot lie. Not he doesn't. He cannot lie. Whatever he promised, he delivers. So, so in Genesis 21, in Genesis 21, Sarah conceived and bore Isaac. How, how beautiful that God will use a couple that couldn't have children to promise a blessing to the whole world. Oh. A blessing to the whole world. God, God promises children to a couple who is barren at the moment and he promised them that they shall be a blessing to the world. God the Almighty One who uses Paul, Paul, I like Paul makes the statement about him. Paul says he's the one who uses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God could easily speak to someone who's not barren by saying, I'm going to use you to make an impact through your offspring to the world. But God comes to a couple who's barren and he says, I'm going to use you to bless the world. Sing, sing, O barren land. For water is coming to the thirsty. God, the Almighty One, who uses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God, the Almighty One, who, who, who takes insin in insignificant things and He does great things from that. So, so, in the process of him developing your faith, understand and register in your mind that God is the one who can use insignificant things to do great and mighty things which you have never seen. In fact, if you don't believe me, he, he walks in Galilee and he goes to the shore and he sees Fishermen, <laughs> men who, who were not religious leaders in the Jewish society and he calls nothing but fishermen and he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Sounds a little bit like Abraham's call to separation. Follow me and I will make of you a great nation and he says to them i will make you fishers in man in other words god says to them that specific moment i will send you out into all the world so that you can make disciples baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit 
Therefore, it is important for your faith, in order for your faith to become strong. And as soon as you want to develop strong faith, it is important for you to understand that God can use you as insignificant as you feel. You see, when, when you develop strong faith, the beautiful thing about strong faith is you will no longer walk in fear. Let, let me tell you a secret. When I started working my job, so many people started scaring me about losing my job because I work in the financial sector. So many people said, if you only, you will lose your job. So many people spoke fear into me. And in the beginning, it worked because I allowed them to. Until he did something to me one day that changed everything. Process. He took me through something at work. And now I'm not going to speak about it publicly online. He took me through something at work where I was supposed to lose my job. It was done and dusted. And this is what he said to me during that process. While I felt discouraged and humiliated, this was what he said to me. They have no power over you unless that which is granted from above. Amen. And then I remember that's what Jesus said to Pilate. The Spirit of God said that to me and he spoke that into me. And after that, when I walked free, from false accusation. I had no more fear for what they said. And I'm saying to you, if you allow God to develop in you strong faith and you allow him to take you through the process, there will come a time in your life where you will no longer fear, but your faith will become stronger than your fear. In fact, Jesus himself was so full of strong faith when he walked and demons encountered him, not him encountering demons. They fell to the ground in trembling, the Bible says. He had no fear. He had strong faith. And those demonic spirits were the ones with fear. You see, strong faith is so powerful that the winds and the waves <laughs> obeyed Christ when he spoke. In the midst of fear. The disciples, the Bible said they were full of fear, saying to Christ that we are about to die. And Jesus says, Oh, ye of little faith, why have you? And he spoke to the winds and the waves. And the Bible says, 
Even they ask themselves, who is this man that even the winds and the waves submit to his authority? You see, it's important for you to develop strong faith. You, you've been wondering why you have prayed and why you have called things and spoken over things and it's still the same. It's because you have not given God time to develop in you strong faith. You have not given Him permission and said, not my will, but your will be done. See, Jesus Himself, before He would send the apostles out their sheep among wolves, what did we say last week? He would develop in them strong faith. Jesus took them through the process of developing strong faith. When He called them, He separated them at first. He separated them from kindred and from the Jewish cultural norms. And if you don't believe me, you can read. Because every time, remember what the, the Pharisees said? The religious leaders came to Jesus and they asked Him, Why are your disciples not fasting? Why are your disciples not doing this? Why are they doing this on a Sabbath? They, he, 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 he separated them from Jewish cultural norms. And therefore it is important that God separates us in our process of strong faith from cultural norms that we got accustomed to. Things that stirs in us unbelief. And then the second thing he did, they had these, these apostles, they had to pass the frustration test of waiting and learning from the Christ himself before they can go into all the world. Remember what he said to them when they had to receive the Holy Spirit. He says, do not go. Wait until you receive the Holy Spirit. So they had to learn the process of they had to go through that frustration, waiting period. But then, he taught them what we spoke today, and it is called total trust. Complete trust in God when he said to them that he is about to go to the cross. And he is about to leave them. And remember what we said in the Holy Spirit series? We said, sorrowful their heart in the Gospel of John. From verse 14 to verse 16, from chapter 14 to chapter 16. Sorrowful their heart. And Jesus had a conversation, a discourse with them. And He spoke to them. And He encouraged them. That they should have total trust in what He's about to do. Remember, it was to their advantage that he go away so that the comforter, trust me, have complete trust in me. So, so, so even in the lives of the apostles, we see separation, we see frustration, and we see 
total trust. They had to trust him when he said, after three days again I will rise from the dead. Now, <laughs> this is where I'm getting to. When we look at Genesis chapter 22, Genesis chapter 22, a similar third process, total trust, happened to Abraham. God caused for Abraham to have complete or total trust in him. Listen to what God says in Abraham. Remember, when was Isaac born? We said in Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 22, listen now, how God starts this chapter. He says, the Bible says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Abraham said, here I am. God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains in which I shall tell you. <laughs> Separation, 25 years of frustration while waiting for Isaac to be born and all of a sudden, take Isaac and go and offer him. Now, if you read the word of God to recall good stories, or if it's kind of fictional to you, you will dismiss the emotion of what's happening right here. If, if you are obsessed with sounding intelligent, regarding this specific text you will you will rather look at the challenge that is at hand but you will dismiss the difficulty of what's happening here of one taking his son to go and offer him after waiting 25 years for him to be born But listen, if you don't believe me, listen to the emotion of a mother that conceived and gave birth to this same child after years of barrenness. Genesis 21 verse 5 to verse 7, listen to this. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears the society will laugh over me. They will rejoice with me. They will be excited for me because of what God has done. And then verse 7, And Sarah said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? In other words, who would have thought? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. The excitement, the emotion and the joy of Sarah in this text 
tells me that it couldn't have been easy for her to let her son go, for Abraham to offer him in Moriah. She expressed a social acceptance through the birth of her son. Because that's, that's the reality even today. If you don't have children or you are barren, society will class you. And she went through the same type of thing. And the first thing she could say is now the society will laugh and rejoice with me. You see, she, she was overwhelmed with joy for her breakthrough. And suddenly, <laughs> you know when God says, and suddenly, just like with the Holy Spirit, and suddenly He came, you know, and, and, and suddenly God makes another call to Abraham. <laughs> makes another call to Abraham to release what he has given him. You see, no, no matter how much we quote Job in a religious way by saying, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, I'm telling you, it's not easy. We have become so religious about that text. So insensitive in people who has lost, lost, lost ones. Lost, lost ones. And we can just say, the Lord giveth and he taketh away. And it's not that easy. Especially if you had to wait 25 years. See, the request to offer Isaac as a sacrifice was more than a point God wanted to prove. God established his oath based on what he said to him in Genesis 12 1. He established his oath, his word with Abraham through this commandment. And this oath echoed the crucifixion of Jesus that would happen thousands of years later. Do, do we get that? God says to him, your only, your only son, offer him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So God establishes out with Abraham that echoed salvation. See, Abraham knew when he took Isaac, you can read it. In fact, Abraham said, <laughs> the Bible says, God, Abraham said to himself, I know even if I offer him, God is able to raise him from the dead. Amen. That is strong faith. When you get, you, <laughs> you see, if you can go through the separation and the frustration and you get to a point where God calls you for total trust and you do what he says, when God calls you to offer up something and you do what he says, I'm telling you, that is total and complete trust in God. That is faith. 
when you get to a point where you say, even if he takes this from me, I know he has the supernatural power to double it. <laughs> you see, Job had this attitude that even if you take everything from me, I know my Redeemer lives. And at the end of the day, God says, for everything, because you respect the process, Job, I will give you double of what the enemy has taken from you. And I'm saying to you today, if you can only respect process, allow God to take you through process so you can develop strong faith, whatever you trust Him for, He will double it. Whatever you lose, God will increase your faith. God will increase your faith. Very important. I'm saying that to you. That, that is how strong Abraham's faith became. That is how strong Abraham's faith became. As a matter of process, he was able to say, even if he dies on the altar, I know he's able to raise him from the dead. You see, this faith echoes salvation. <laughs> because Christ expects the same thing from his apostles. That you may know, even if I go into the grave, that he is able to raise me from the dead. You see, we need to respect process. Because process allows us to develop strong faith. But the problem is we are, we are dealing with most of the people in the church today that one strong faith without process. Mm -hmm. And therefore, every time when we pray and we call and we speak over things, we struggle. And those things doesn't leave us. Strongholds doesn't, we don't break free from those things because we don't respect process. Abraham had what we call today the third principle. Total trust, complete trust in God. You see, be before Abraham could sacrifice Isaac, God stopped him anyway. God stopped him anyway, and God provided the ram to be slaughtered instead of Isaac. And therefore the oath that very moment was then established that God will bless Abraham with millions of descendants and through them he will bless the rest of the world. Which brings me to the point that whatever God has called you to sacrifice or put on the altar is not only for you. It is an oath and a blessing that needs to be us. You see, a spirit of selfishness will make you, the first thing you will say to yourself is, I do not want to give up this thing because it benefits me. And that's the difficult process of sacrifice. Because this benefits me. 
However, if you can only allow him, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus said it in the Garden of Gethsemane process. If you can only allow him and say, I'm willing to sacrifice, I'm willing to give away what you have called me. If you can only give that away. What he called you to do will not only be a blessing for you, but for your children and your children's children, and it will even reach those outside of that circle. Yes. You see, some of us here, and, and, and I'm going to conclude now, some of us here, God has called you to do great and mighty things in the kingdom of God. But society has told you, you are insignificant. And therefore, the first thing God does to Abraham, he separates him first from cultural norms and kindred. The second thing is he trains him, takes him through a process of frustration. And God is calling some of us here. In fact, let, let me go further by saying that not only that, he's calling every one of us because there's a purpose. In, inside of each and every one of us, God is calling us to follow this process and to offer up whatever. In fact, Paul, 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 Paul states it like this. He says, present your body a loving sacrifice, holy and pleasing to, to him. It's his will. So, so God is calling us to do great and mighty things. In his kingdom. What what is calling us to offer? It's not only for us, but Abraham it will be a blessing for the rest of the world. I have seen friends of mine literally walk out of established companies when God called them to sacrifice on the altar. And they went to the theological college without any job. And the only thing they had in mind was total trust. It's the only thing they went with. In fact, I was still busy with the course to make my life better, to benefit me. I was still busy with it. My grandmother already gave me the money. I paid the course up. I was still busy with it. I, all I had to do is to complete the course. And behold, leave the course and go to the theological college. Ishbat! And I went there, and you would think because I went there with total time. In fact, someone said to me in church, someone that was very, that, that, that had a good title in church and everything, someone in church said to me, ah, but is it not expensive? Because it's going to cost you 75000 for three years. And I said to my mom, I want to go anyway. Total trust. Let me tell you something. A couple of years ago, 75000 may look like this now, because petrol is almost 20 grand. But 75 grand was a lot of money. A lot of money. Especially since my sister was also at university and my mom had to do both. 
And there were times when my mother-in-law would jump in. In fact, the lady sitting there was very instrumental in the process. But let me tell you, God is faithful. Can I, can I tell you quickly, before I end, what, what developing strong faith does? When I finished, they said to me, you can't graduate because you still owe 13 grand. My heart was broken. I saw my friends graduate and my heart was broken. And I said, nevertheless, I'll trust you. One year later, Reverend Sherry Cornwell sends me a mail and she says, a church in the States, I've never met them, I don't even know who the pastor is up until today, paid up the last 13 grand for you. Amen. And I'm saying to you, total trust, developing strong faith, will allow you to eliminate fears in your life. If I had the chance, I, in fact, I will do it again. It's not only that God has taken me to another level, in fact, and He's not done. I've not made it. I'm still in the process. And therefore, we are here and we are busy. We are still in the process. And I'm saying to you, give everything to Him, man. Trust Him with your whole life. Put total trust in Him by sacrificing for Him. Three things that you shouldn't forget after the process of strong faith. God has called you to separation from your cultural norms to adhere what He is calling you. Second thing, do not forget God during your frustration. And the third thing that we are ending with, with the process for strong faith today is, put all your trust in Him. You will not fail.